Well, it's the Fearless Five podcast. It's episode number 203. I'm still kind of excited that we're in the 200s. And I'm your host, certified coach Heather Larson. Today, we're going to talk about yoga and more the uh, off the mat style of yoga. Ode to my teacher, um, 13 months ago, I joined a yoga collective called Bright Life Yoga Collective. He opens up enrollment like a few times a year. But anyway, it's led by, I just realized I misspelled lead in my atomic essay. Um, but this was the one that was the most popular last week. So hey, um, but it was, it's led by Yogacharya Eric Wall Robinstein. And uh, so I've been in this Bright Life Yoga Collective for 13 months, and it has transformed my life. And I don't know like how to tie it up with a bow and like neatly encapsulate all the things I've learned. So I tried to type out a few things that I learned and and tried to share them with people and everybody really liked it and shipped 30 for 30 and got a lot of great feedback, got great analytics on it. And so, you know, spending an hour a week learning from a Yogacharya changed my life. A Yogacharya is an ordained yoga teacher. It's it's a fancy term for yoga teacher Um, and not the kind of yoga teacher that I'm studying to be. is like like he went and lived in a zen monastery or i don't know like he did that thing <laughs> he did the thing basically that he did the hard thing that most people aren't willing to do kind of like um uh, like that's the ultimate teacher and then you, you turn around and you go back and you teach people so that's what a yogacharya is and you know so my teacher eric wall robinstein trained at a zen center in order to teach the rest of the us rest of us in the world how to find inner peace i am not the only person you know there's there's probably you know, a couple hundred people that have gone through the program since it started in uh, December, 2020. I I don't know. I'd have to ask him, but you know, here's, here's the spoiler alert. (laughs) I haven't quite found inner peace, you know, like one finds that gallon of milk that they need at at Walmart, right? Like it's not like that. You don't find inner peace. Like it's something you locate, but uh, I have increased my ability to access the inner peace um, and, and just a little housekeeping item. The show notes will be at destinyarchitecture.com. And I apologize for the noise of the washer in the background. <laughs> there was just never going to be a quiet moment this weekend to record. So there's plenty of imperfect moments to record this weekend because I record over the weekend and, and post them over the weekend. So you have the podcast when you wake up on Monday morning. And it's it's funny because you're probably thinking like, I feel like I should say something like, why is this this certified coach... Why is she recording with her washer in the background? I have one of those. <laughs> I have one of those washers that it's it is funny, um, but I have a washer that you it's your washer and your dryer, so you can only do a load a day, and it makes a hell of a lot of noise. And, and so, um, if it wasn't this, it was the neighbor. <laughs> if it wasn't this, or the neighbor, it was the neighbor's dog, um, and then my cats. So there's no perfect moment to do anything. You just have to do it. And I think I've been talking about that on the Fearless Five for you know several, several dozen episodes. So we're just going to do it um, imperfectly. That's how I roll here on the Fearless Five. So on to the lessons that I've learned from my teacher, Eric, who um, spends quite a bit more time teaching us off the mat lessons about yoga than on the mat lessons. So if you're new to yoga, this is, this is a different side of yoga than you're going to find in like fitness videos. And I, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again a thousand times. Yoga is not about fitness. Yoga is not about on the mat. It's the lessons that you learn that you take off the mat and into the world. Okay. So one of the things that he taught me, us, the whole collective is that anxiety isn't a problem. It's a symptom. 
And, you know, that one hit me between the eyes because uh, this is, I went into the Bright Life Yoga Collective after battling months of really bad anxiety. Uh, and, and it has helped with that. And all these off the mat lessons and, and practices have helped me learn to deal with anxiety in different ways that I didn't know before. And it also reframed my thinking and my mindset about anxiety. And so that was one of the biggest lessons to me. Anxiety is not a problem. It's a symptom. So when I'm anxious, what the hell is going on? And, 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 you know, this is, this is a samskara. How do I work to get rid of this samskara that is causing me pain and suffering and of course the suffering being my my making a lot of the time you know because once you get hit with anxiety you start making bigger things out of it um, until you learn to cope with it properly Uh, so a lot of lessons I have learned about anxiety for myself your mileage may vary whenever I say something about how I have conquered my anxiety or learned to deal with my anxiety people have come at me and been like you're toxic you're horrible. That doesn't work for me. You should try being with bi problems and you just don't understand. People are very defensive about anxiety. They're very sensitive about it because it can be very debilitating. And it was for me for quite some time. And now it's not. And so I'm going to share about how it's not. And if that doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. You have to find what works for you. So we'll get on to like the other, you know, things on the list in just a second, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to put that disclaimer out about the anxiety issue. Another thing I'm going to credit Right Life Yoga Collective and Eric with teaching me is the goal is to be free within, but not to escape. I was a great escape artist. Like I spent 19 years drinking. Okay. I was, I was great at escaping. And sometimes that is still actually one of my coping skills, not the drinking part, obviously, but I've been sober since 2013, but the escaping part, sometimes you need an escape and it's warranted. And my chosen escape is reading a book to get my mind off of something or watching a show or a movie. Those are my acceptable forms of escape. Now, Uh, another thing that I've learned is that, Hey, your emotions aren't you and they have little to do with you. And I would add to that, that, you know, feelings aren't facts and I think a lot of people, maybe it's, maybe it's an American thing. Maybe it's a Western society thing. I don't know. But and a lot of people let emotions control them. And, you know, I, I've known people who are like, my emotions are so important. And they are, they are, they are the thing that, you know, they're my guidepost and my compass. And it's like, oh my God, but your life's a freaking mess. You know, it's not that serious. I, I, I don't even know how many emotions I have in a day. Uh, but I don't let them dictate my life. My emotions are not my identity either. So like I, I had kind of a rough week. Um, and I gave myself a space to like grieve and feel sorry for myself. Um, this, it was, which sounds like it's not that heavy, but I, I think there's sometimes when you do have to make a little time and space to just like be in your pajamas, eat the halo top keto ice cream and like chill. And so I made that time. Whoops. I just hit the sound barrier thing. Um, so I made that time like Friday, Saturday, cause I really needed some time to rest and decompress and unplug and be in my sweatpants, <laughs> my sweatshirt and eat my halo top and watch euphoria on HBO max. and get caught up on that. Cause I love that show, but you know, and, and that's where, okay, sometimes my emotions are strong and exhausting and I need to give myself space to just 
process them and maybe escape from them a little bit and maybe just go, okay, some stuff happened and wore me out this week and I'm going to make that space, but I'm not going to go move into there with a moving truck and decide that forever I'm going to be the girl in the sweats with the halo top. That, that's good for a day <laughs> at most. Like you have to set a limit with your emotions and not let them rule you. This is turning out to be a really long podcast. Um, so I guess enjoy because the, the fearless five is supposed to be five minutes a day five days a week and so far i think we're a little we're a little long this week there's there's gonna be more for me to edit here um which is also why i keep them short there now you know now you know my my mo uh and by the way if you are interested in finding out how i even make this podcast and what the workflow is let me know and i'll i'll make a i'll make a podcast about the podcast so uh i did not think i was gonna go off so far about emotions but yeah we i think we put too much into emotions in this country now i think it's a societal problem i think it's become a thing it's become a trend where everybody's all about emotions and mental health to the point that it becomes victimhood and um i am not into that um my, my emotions don't get to dictate how I live my life. I have them. I acknowledge them. I process them. Sometimes I even take them to my therapist so she can help me make sense of them. Um, but, but they don't, they don't prevent me from living my life if I have strong ones, you know, and there's nothing wrong with having a pajama day with the halo top either, you know, don't eat real ice cream that that's, that stuff's bad for you. Anyway, (laughs) there's, there's some, there's some free advice for you. So, you know, on to the next point about emotions. Emotions aren't the problem. They are not, they're not a problem, but they're a necessary part of your problem. They do tell you about your problems. If you are so willing to unpack and dissect and pick things apart and realize, oh, this is an emotion. This is a thought. This is a pattern. This is screwing me over because I'm giving too much power to my emotions. Um, and uh, also, I, I, I've got to get down this list. This, this list is so good. I want to give every single point on it at least 10 seconds. So <laughs> quote of the year to me was, if it comes and goes, it's not you. If it stays, it's, it's, it's you. Meaning like figure out where you are the common denominator in things. And once you're able to do that and take the pride and the ego and the control freakness out of it, you really actually make a lot of progress. I know I do anyway. I had to, I had to face some situations in the last year that was were really serious, you know, cause about a year ago I, I got COVID January 25th, 2021 and almost died. And so there were a lot of situations I had to face from that in order to stop manufacturing my own misery, I had to face a lot of moments where I go, okay, is this me? Am I the common denominator here? Um, Because if it comes and goes, it's not you. And therefore you can't fix it. See, that's another superpower in life is knowing what you can and can't fix. Also on my list of things I've learned, I wish I could write down all of the things I I learned. And this is a short list. I know it sounds long, but it's a short list. Um, cause I think that Eric has taught us like more than I could ever encapsulate in writing. But anyway, happiness and inner peace are merely the absence of disturbances. Happiness and inner peace are merely the absence of disturbances. Anyway, that's how we have come to define inner peace in the collective. And, and, and it's funny cause I don't, I don't know what people think happiness and inner peace are, you know, cause I think most people, um, I think some people choose to be disturbed and choose to be distracted, but You know, a lot of us choose not to be disturbed and not to be distracted as much as possible and change our lives in order to live like that. Now, the reason yoga and meditation make you feel better is they interrupt your habits. 
nasty habits. I'm talking about the habits like self-judgment, self-criticism, and distraction that you use to manufacture your misery. And, you know, that, that hit home for me because I was like, well, uh, is that how I'm using my yoga and meditation? <laughs> I'm using them to just break up my, my misery habits, uh, which I just go right back to after I'm off the mat or done meditating. Like, th- is this something I do? And, and in fact, it was something that I do or did or something I still probably do and don't catch myself doing enough so that I can stop it. You know, the yoga and meditation make us feel better because they interrupt the habits that we use to manufacture our misery. So like when you can recognize more often that there's this, this self-criticism happening or this distraction or this, this judgment that's happening, anything that makes you feel a little bit miserable. And that's another lesson too, is learning what we do to make ourselves more miserable because it's, it's something we do, not, uh, not other people. You know, we have our own ways of making ourselves miserable. Uh, and that is a thing to learn. So another thing to learn, peace is already present. It's just obstructed by your habits, which I just mentioned, the habits that we use to manufacture misery. So peace is already present. You don't have to find it. It's already there. We just bury it in all the, you know, crap that we do, um, which, you know, sometimes it's our fault. And sometimes it's not our fault because we have conscious habits and we have subconscious habits. And habits aren't perfect. Even effort becomes a problem eventually because it becomes a habit to make an effort. You get like caught up in this, like you get caught up in doing yoga or meditation. Like you get caught up in this, this effort to get rid of your negative habits, which then can become a problem because then you get, you know, obsessed with that. So, um, like overall he teaches us how to use the right tool for the right problem, or well, I should say use the right tool for the right goal. Um, so he, you know, always taught us like you or always teaches us, you can't throw yoga and meditation at something and expect it to get better. Um, and I've heard other people say this, uh, and I've heard some people say this in a toxic way too, <laughs> but I, Eric says it in a non-toxic way and has a, a very good way of explaining it, uh, that you can't throw yoga and meditation at things and expect things to get better. You know, you might be having a problem at, for which yoga and meditation aren't going to help. Um, which is why I think we talk about so much of the off the mat stuff. And again, you need to utilize the right tool for the right goal. And then he, he also says there are hundreds of proven yoga tools. And you think about yoga has been around for, I don't know how many years, thousands of years. Um, it's been around for a long time and it works and we still teach it and we still do it. We still learn from it because these, these things work yoga tools work like the the practice of yoga the the practice of real yoga so after the first 13 months of practicing with the bright life yoga collective i experienced a decrease in my anxiety a change in my mindset when the change in the mindset probably caused the decrease in the anxiety and therefore more fulfillment i did change careers i gained a lot of self-awareness um definitely got to know my ego a little bit better. I can tell when it's trying to run things a little bit better. And, you know, I deepened my yoga practice and I, th- I it's going to make me a better, more well-rounded yoga teacher in the long run. And, you know, it turns out becoming aware of, of one's patterns and releasing judgment of them changes things. That's a lot. That's, and I feel like I didn't even touch on like, that just scratches the surface of what he has taught us. Uh, in in 13 months of being a bright life yoga collective and i pretty much attended every zoom every monday every live class and and did the worksheets and did the the as much of the on the mat practice as i could 
um, especially especially recovering. Uh, when my lungs were recovering, I couldn't do too much, and it, it took me, I, I don't remember how long to be able to do, like, like a full 56 minutes of yoga. But when I got there, I was so stoked. It was like my biggest accomplishment in life. So it's another like long podcast, but I feel like there was a lot in there and I probably still didn't do it justice because probably each one of those points on that list could be their own topic. So, um, you know, yoga, meditation, EFT, those were the three things that got me through hell in 2021. Sober you know, like I'm still sober, you know, there was, there was never an excuse to go get drunk or high, you know, and all, all the stuff that I went through in 2021 medically, um, you know, drugs are the last thing I would have put in my body, but you know, we, we live in a society that hates pain and it hates suffering and, and we hate discomfort. And, you know, I very much could have been somebody who became weak and wanted to go get rid of my pain and suffering and discomfort again. And I could have tried to change that with chemicals, but I didn't uh, because I had this, you know, I, I had a better way. I had someone teaching me skills on a weekly basis and and making me practice them for, for, for the goal of reaching inner peace, a.k.a. the absence of disturbances. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of balls because you actually have to become self-aware. You actually have to look at yourself and see what's there. And I, you know, in all my years of coaching, I find that that's, that's a place where people really do bulk and they don't want to, <laughs> they don't want to, they don't want to face the fact that, you know what? You might be miserable because you're creating your own misery. Um, you, you, it just might be that way. Uh, it was for me. So your mileage may vary. You may not be ready to confront that yet. Uh, you may call me toxic all you want. You probably called me toxic. If you called me toxic when I was talking about anxiety earlier, like you're already out, like you already left. But so if you're still here, then you, you are willing to actually like do the work and that's cool, you know, cause that's the mission around here is lose the fear and get your ass in gear. Remember you are the architect of your own destiny. No one else is coming to save you. You know, and like, yeah, maybe I'm harsh, um, but I think we've reached a point where, where probably harshness is probably good, you know, um, in, in, in some situations, um, because we don't, we don't want to become a culture of people who aren't self-aware, um, or, or people who want to choose to be disturbed or, you know, choose to be victims forever. Like, sure, go through your crap you know, go through it, be down in the dumps and lick your wounds. Um, but the goal is to, you know, do that, feel it, process it, do what you got to do, but don't move in there. Like don't unpack and stay there. You know, like we, we all go through that. That's human. You know, the, it's, it's human to have strong feelings, you know, especially during a global pandemic. Um, but we do have to move on too. And we do have to, you know, find success basically. So lose the fear, get your ass in gear, do it with yoga. <laughs> and it worked for me. And, and, uh, you know, you are the architect of your own destiny, which means nobody's coming to save you and get the show notes at destinyarchitecture.com.